Hello, everybody. So we are going to finish chapter four today. We are. We're doing it. We're going to finish. We don't have a lot left, but we are. Um, we So we are in a little bit of like a abstract, I would say, little section of, of the Tanya. I have, so last class, I felt like we, we had a lot coming at us with the, we were talking about the tetragrammaton name of Hashem, the yud Hey vav Hey. okay? We are talking about it. I'm going to give a little bit of a brief, just so we know where we're putting ourselves. We're talking about it because we need, we need to know when we disconnect from Hashem, how we return to Hashem. So what we're talking about right now is our soul and what is our soul and where does it come from and what is it made of and what are its characteristics? Because what happens when we, when we like deviate from God's will is that our soul disconnects from its source, from Hashem. So in order to know how to reconnect it, we need to know what it's all about. So we're delving into these, you know, esoteric ideas of, of the name of Hashem. And, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago that when we um, transgress, the second part of Hashem's name, right, gets disconnected. And when we do the, well, when we transgress, we get disconnected. And when we do the lower tshuva, the second half of the name of Hashem gets reconnected. And when we do the upper tshuva, the first name. So we, we're, 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 we're kind of um, take, picking apart and analyzing this name of Hashem and applying it to many different scenarios and circumstances and things. So we said that Hashem has, you know, we're talking about Hashem's name, which our soul comes from a piece of this name of Hashem. Okay, this Yod Hey Vav K, the Tetragrammaton of Hashem, is the highest name of Hashem, and our soul comes from it. Last class we discussed mainly we were talking about um, Malchus, the last of the ten attributes, which is Malchus. Malchus is actualizing. You take all the intellectual powers, all the emotional powers, but it, in order for it to actualize into real life, you need the attribute of Malchus. Okay, then we were we were kind of picking apart that that um, chart that we know with which has like the intellectual powers, emotional powers, and we someone brought up the the power of Kesser, which is like the crown, which is sitting on top of of all the powers. And I did a little bit more research so we can kind of get a better idea of like what is actually. Um, when we when we talk about all these different names of Hashem, like what is actually happening? So first, I want to introduce you, if you haven't seen this book yet, this is a very great resource. Okay, it is the Spheros and the Self. Okay, um, so I, I, I couldn't, I mean, each sphere has a whole chapter, so I didn't go too much into it. But what I want to show you right here is this chart. Okay. So we have Chachma, actually there might be a better one, hold on, because that one is specifically, there was, a, there was a better, saw a better one here before, but let me just make sure, see if I can find, oh yeah, here it is, here. Okay, 
So I actually like this one because it, it kind of zigzags for us. It goes, Chachma Bina Das. Then we go to Chesed Vura Tiferes. Netzach Hod Yisod, and you see Malchus down here. Okay? Keser. Can you hold it up and just hold it still for a moment? I think I can get a screenshot of it if you do that. One second. Thank you. Got it. Kesser is the crown. Kesser is up here. Not all charts write Kesser. Kesser is, what Kesser means is will and pleasure. Okay? We know from Tanya that before you even get to any intellect or any emotion, will and pleasure um, precede that. Okay? Your will and your, your desires precede any intellectual powers and any emotional powers, right? So we know this because we talked about the will of Hashem, right? When we do a mitzvah, we're connecting to the will of Hashem, his innermost desire. That's like your core, right? So keser is your is what happens before any of the intellectual powers even come to be. Malchus, all the way at the bottom, is the actualization of all the ideas and emotions. Okay, and it's the actual, basically what's happening is you're actualizing your will. So someone asked last class, is Kesar Machos connected, right? And yes, there actually is a, a different chart would show you Kesar up here, Machos down here. You, there's a direct line between Kesar and Machos because Machos is the actualization of your innermost wills and desires, okay? Also why Machos is feminine. Malchus is, is, is a feminine quality. It's, it's feminine because a feminine quality is to manifest, is to actualize, to take abstract things and to actually make them happen. Okay, that is a feminine, feminine quality. So that is just to um, clarify a little bit of some of the things we spoke about last class, right? So I want you to have this is not a class where we're going to really understand each and every attribute to its fullest, um, which would be a really cool class, by the way, but we don't have exactly time for that right now. But I do want you to have this picture in your head of like, Kesser, okay, will and pleasure. Then you have all your intellectual power sitting right here, right? Chachma Bina Das. Then you go Chesed Gvura Teferes, Netzachod Yesod, and Malchus at the end, okay? And we're going to talk a little bit about more, a little bit more about these attributes in class today. So, any, uh, Robert, did you have a question? Yes. What's the title of the book again? The title of the oh, book. Yeah. One second. And the author. The Spheros and the Self. Um, Rabbi Yaakov Feder. Okay, thank you. Show up backwards for you. The Spheros and the Self, a divine blueprint for self-discovery and personal growth, Rabbi Yaakov Fetter. Thank you. Sure. Okay, so last class, we left off saying that um, we, we compared the letter Hey. The last thing we said was we compared the letter Hey to Machus. Because why? Because hey, it doesn't um, go through any of the organs of speech. Remember, there's five organs of speech. Should we review? We have the lips, the teeth, the tongue, 
the palate and the, I think it was the throat, right? Um, and each of the letters divide up, like mem is your lips and, and um, test is your tongue and, you know, gimel is your palate. And we, we went through all the different letters. Hey is just breath. Hey doesn't go through any of the organs. So it's, it's, um, uh, it's actually the, it's related to the like pure speech in its purest form because the breath is what creates speech and it doesn't have to pass through any of the organs. It doesn't have a shape or a breath doesn't have its own kind of, it's very abstract. And Malchus doesn't have its own identity. Malchus only is, it only is what it's being expressed. So if Malchus is expressing, you know, your love for Hashem, then the Malchus is the love, right? It doesn't have its own identity. It's just a vehicle of expression. So that's why we compare the Malchus to the He. Now, um, speech, so the Hebrew language has 22 letters. Okay. Hashem created the world with speech, right? Obviously, we're talking about godly speech, right? God actually isn't physically speaking. He's not physical, but he created the world through speech, through those 22 letters of speech, okay? So what is the, someone who's been in Tanya for a few years, we've talked about this before. What's the common denominator between godly speech and human speech? Obviously. We're, are, it's very different because we're physically speaking and God is not. But what is the main objective of speech? Expressing yourself, expressing your thoughts. Yeah, revelation, right? Out, outward expression. It's, it's revealing something. We did speak about, side note, how speech can be revealing and concealing at the same time. It's like, what are you not saying, right? But in general speech is a revelation. So when God created the world, it's an expression. So when God created the world, he was creating something from nothing, right? He created the world, something from nothing through speech. When we speak, we are revealing our thoughts, a part of ourselves. We are, it's, it's an outward expression. Now the 22 letters of speech are different vehicles of expression. Okay, so there's 22 channels of expression that God has. And, and, the, and so the godly letters are vehicles of, of expression of Hashem's energy. And I'm going to quote for, from you. I'm going to read to you from the second book of Tanya, which is Shariqa Bamuna, which we haven't done yet, because it's talk about this being esoteric. That takes it to a whole other level. Um, and it tells us a little bit about these channels of energy that are through the 22 letters of speech. So here is, we quote, all forms of energy and power, which flow from the divine attributes to the lower worlds to create them something from nothing, to energize them and sustain them are called sacred divine letters. The channels of energy which flow from God's will, intellect, emotions to create the world and energize them. If you think about this, it's so amazing. The, the he, this is why the Hebrew letters are so powerful onto itself, right? Each letter is a channel in which Hashem used to create a part of the world, something from nothing. And each letter has its specific energy. Okay, they're, and they're all different energies. So 
The world was created something from nothing. The, the, the letters of the speech are the channels in which this energy flows through, okay? And, and to continue, now the divine letters are 22 different channels of energy flow. Powers that differ from one another and through them all the worlds were created, upper and lower, as well as all the creatures within him. For it arose in God's will and wisdom to create the worlds with exactly 22 types of energetic flow. No more, no less. So with these 22 specific energetic channels, Hashem created the whole world, the spiritual worlds, the physical worlds, everything that's in the worlds. Everything is created with these 22 unique energy channels, no more, no less. So the combinations also, if you think about it, all the letters create different combinations of energy. And so why, why is a name so powerful? Your name is your, a lot of times our Hebrew name is our essence, right? Because you put together all those letters and all those energetic, um, you know, combinations and it creates your own unique energy. And we're actually going to talk about um, th that fact that, um, sorry, my, my Zoom is acting up, um, that every, there is, every person in this world is so unique and so individual. There's no two people that are alike. And the way you serve Hashem is directly connected to your energetic makeup. And every single person's relationship with Hashem is unique. So I, I, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk more about it later, but I, I want that to sit in the back of your head because it's, you know, on the one hand, Yiddishkeit has a blueprint, right? And we have our 613 principles and we, and we, Hashem really shows us what he wants from us. And at the same time, it's not a one size fits all, right? Everyone takes Yiddishkeit, kind of absorbs it and then reconnects with Hashem in their own way. So I think it's just really fascinating and really important concept to remember when you are serving Hashem in your way and you're looking at somebody else's service, right? It's so, it's so powerful to recognize that maybe it doesn't look like your service, right? And, 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 and it shouldn't. That's the fascinating part, right? It shouldn't look like your service. Something is very wrong if our service is looking the same because we're each individual people with our each individual energetic flow and our each unique soul makeup. So if we're looking the same, something isn't right, right? Because that means we're either copy paste or we're not really in it. We're not putting ourselves in it. We're, we're kind of surface level. So that is a very, like, when we start to be like, wow, like this one's this way, this one's that way and wrong and right. It's like really like, Yes, we have the principles. Yes, we have our guidelines, but the way we serve Hashem is so um, unique and it's important to, to remember that. So moving right along. Um, so here we are, we understand. So basically we're wrapping up the yud Hey and the vav Hey and what it means in God's world, we have now concluded. We, we spent last class talking about it. We spent a little bit of this class. Now we're gonna, going to start to talk about how the yod and the he and the vav and the he are manifested in our soul. What does it look like for the yod and the, the yod, this whole tetragrammaton name of Hashem in our soul? What, is it, what does each letter symbolize? What, is it, what does the actual process 
of our soul, what's the order of how things happen. And this is how we connect. This is, we understand Hashem's process with yod Hey vav Hey, And now we have to understand, well, how does it translate into our soul? Because obviously it's a mirror image, but as humans, it's obviously going to be manifested and expressed a little bit uh, differently. So, um, so now we need to understand how this ideas, basically all these esoteric ideas apply to our divine service of the soul after it's in a body. So now our soul is in a body, right? We now have to understand, well, how does this whole yud hey vav hey thing apply to a, an embodied soul, right? Now we have physical things we're talking about here, okay? So um, even though we know there's a lot of differences between, I mean, mostly differences between us and God, the foundation is the same and it just is, we have to understand how it's expressed. So if there are any questions while I'm speaking, please just let me know. Um, otherwise I'll just continue. Any questions so far? No, okay. So we know from the first book of Tanya that we have two souls, correct? We have an animal soul and we have a, um, which is our life source, our physical life giving source. And then we have our divine soul, which is the divine soul is, is what the, like is an actual portion of Hashem. So when we're saying our soul is a piece of God, we're talking about the divine soul. Okay. And it is this soul that is created in God's image. So, um, and we also know that how did we receive this soul into our body? Very connected to what we've been talking about. Hashem blowing it into us, right? That energy, that blowing energy, right? It's coming back. Hashem blew it into us. So um, it's almost as if man and God, this is also something that you, ne you can never, you never, I never thought about, but it's going to be something that I think about often now. Um, Man and God share the same breath. Pretty powerful, right? Like Hashem blew hit our soul into us. Like we, we're, we have Hashem's breath inside of us. We share the same breath. I feel like that's pretty powerful, right? Because it's in, it's his inner essence. And I feel like when we are a little unsure of where God is in our life and like, did he forget about us? And, you know, we have to remember like he's in us. Sometimes we have to look inwards to find God, not out here, not all, you know, not in the books, not even in the holy books. Sometimes just look inside and you'll find God. Okay. So the soul contains this aspect of the concealed intellect, which is alluded to in the first letter Yud, okay? So what, what's the first process of really of anything, right? Like the first process of how we operate is that first we have this concealed intellect, right? A person will get this sense, like an epiphany, right? On a light bulb moment or like, this like this little glimpse of of this idea or like you know it's like on the tip of your tongue like something is percolating it's like the start the germinating of 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 this idea right but it's not able to be evaluated or defined 
right? It's, it's really abstract. It's the start of something, but it's not something that you can kind of grasp onto, right? It's something that you're going to have to follow with contemplation, right? So, um, so it's this creative flash, right? This potential. Chachma is all about the potential, this potential for something to, to um, become bigger, to become this idea, but it's, it's really just the start of the concept, right? And it's really in the recesses of one's intellect before it really enters the realm of like awareness, okay? So this concealed intellect is the manifestation and the aspect of Chachma, okay? So the soul possesses this Chachma, right? This intellectual power, this Chachma, and it's um, hinted, I was like, what's the word? It's hinted to with the letter Yud in the name of Havaya, the name of Hashem. So we have this Yud. Remember, this Yud, our soul comes from the Havaya of Hashem, right? It comes from the name of Hashem, that's Havaya. So the Yud, this little dot, right, hints to this part of ourselves that is the start of an idea, the start of a concept, the start of, of you know, some something big, but it's just the little start of it, okay? It's the, it's the potential. It's the potential, okay? So um, the divine soul, remember, we're talking about the divine soul now, not the animal soul. The divine soul can only perceive and comprehend that which is divine. Now, your animal soul is what does all the other work right? All the mundane processing and, and stuff that's all done in the, in, with the animal soul. The divine soul can only, give me a second, um, perceive divine. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I lost. I wanted you to repeat that sentence and you did. Thank you. Yeah. The divine soul can only perceive the divine. I lost my 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 roster of who's on and I can mute and unmute usually and it disappeared. So just yeah, you'll have to like mute and unmute yourself because I have no control. I have no idea where where that went. <laughs> um okay. Um so everything else belongs to the realm of the animal soul. The divine is is the divine soul's realm, right? And so the divine soul can does not one second so but the the interesting thing is that the divine soul cannot really even know the divine itself because the divine is really unknowable so even the divine is unknowable so we get this like little flashes of it right and and so even the divine soul, which its whole realm is a divine, but how much do we really get to know the divine, right? But um, but it's capable of sensing and, and grasping Hashem's Chachma and Bina and other and these other attributes. So how do we connect with Hashem? Our Chachma can kind of you know connect and touch with Hashem's Chachma, right? Our Bina 
our understanding connects and attaches to Hashem's Bina, okay? Um, and each according to his own capacity. So here is where we come in and say, every individual is capable of perceiving God's attributes with his own abilities and faculties, right? And this is when we say, God, we're created in God's image. You know, you hear that a lot, like we're created in God's image. It doesn't only mean that um, man is created in God's image, like the concept of man is created in God's image, but it actually applies to each and every individual in the sense that every person can grasp Hashem's attributes according to his innate and acquired attributes. So we understand God through our own physical attributes, which means we are under, every person is going to understand and connect to God in their own individual way, because each of us relate to our attributes differently, right? Everyone also has their dominant attributes. Everyone has their tendencies. Everyone has their talents. Everyone has their, you know, their their, you know, unique, special personality, right? It's through that that we connect with Hashem. So um, a person's ability or capacity for comprehension stems from the way he his makeup, okay? So his talents, his knowledge, his life experience is unique to every individual. Right, so just as each person is different and unique, so too um, every person is 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 different and unique. The way they ex people experience the world is different and unique. Right, the way they absorb knowledge is different and unique. The way they process is different and unique. Right, and this is the catalyst to how we understand and connect with Hashem. So just as a side point, like there's a lot of talk in, in the therapeutic world, especially with, you know, if in trauma, if you read about trauma and, and those kinds of things, how two individuals can experience the same traumatic event, even at the same time and experience it completely differently. Right. You also have like, I don't know if you come from a large family, like we have my siblings and I talk about this a lot. Like we have the same parents and we even experience the same incidences, positive or negative at the same time. And we each have such a different like outlook and the way it affected us so differently, right? Isn't that fascinating? Cause you would think like same, same, same scenario. Like how different could it be? But because of our unique way we process because of our unique capacity because of our unique attributes everything is absorbed differently and that in it so of course how could we how could anybody experience Hashem in their personal relations the same way and that's why our relationship with Hashem is so personal and is so individual because it's directly connected and related to who we are it's not a it's not like this big like you know all encompassing idea that we all just get a part of it is our relationship Hashem, our relationship with Hashem is strictly being created 
through our lens, through our way we relate to the world. So it has to be special and unique, right? So once like our capacity for comprehending Hashem depend, it doesn't only depend on what you're born with. It doesn't only depend on your skills that you were born with or the abilities that you're born with, but also, which is a very, very important part, the effort that you invest in it. Okay. So you cannot really actualize any potential without effort. Which is why, referring back to our first chapters of Tanya, right? The service is in the work, right? The service is in the effort. If Hashem sees you doing your best, trying your hardest, putting in the effort, that's your service. So you can be inherently, right? Remember we spoke about the Bainani who um, it just comes easy to him. Is that an advantage or disadvantage according to Tanya? A disadvantage. It's a disadvantage because you're not working. So what's the job of that Bainani who just it comes easy for him? He has to find the thing that pushes his limits, that pushes them, him or her out of their comfort zone because then otherwise it's not service, right? You're a good person. You have it easy. You don't have this big, you know, bad Yetzirah trying to get you to do bad things. Lucky for you in a sense, but then you're going to go and have to find the thing that pushes you out of your comfort zone because without the effort, there is no service. Okay. So it even sometimes immense effort can even push someone beyond what you think might be their limitations or their capabilities. Sometimes we think we've reached our limit or we're only capable, like this is what we're capable of. But sometimes if we push really hard, with immense effort, it pushes us past our capabilities. I'm sure you've, even for our own lives, I'm sure you've heard people say, like, I did had no idea that I could do that, right? We've all experienced that, a situation where we were like, no way would I be able to do that, but you did it, right? You pushed beyond your limit. So this, when we put that much effort into our service um, and it, it broadens, the depths in which in which we connect to Hashem, it broadens the um, our understanding of Hashem, right? And it increases the time. This is fascinating. It, it increases the time in which we are capable of being focused on Hashem, right? When you push, right? Like within meditation. Right, you have to really, really push those limits. Like, when do you reach a state of Zen? Right? When do you reach that state of like inner calm and peace? You really have to like go that extra mile, push, push, push. Right? If you stay in your comfort zone, you're not getting to the Zen. Right? It doesn't come that way. Um, and what's really going to put us in our place right now is that that ability and that desire or that action to push beyond our limits and to work really hard lies within our free choice. We get to decide, right? We get to decide how far do we want to go? How much effort do we want to put, put into this, right? That is free choice. When we, when we, you know, there's always this 
it's free choice is a very difficult concept. There's many different layers to free choice and, you know, knowing that, you know, free choice with divine providence working together. So it's a, it's, it's a layered concept, but one of the ways that we can approach free choice and one of the ways that we understand where our choice lies is how much effort do we put into our service, right? That is completely up to us, right? Maybe Hashem knows in the end, like what's going to be the end result, but he has no, like we decide whether we are going to put 100%, 10%, 50%, 110%, right? Like that, that is up to our free choice. So, um, so these faculties, all these things we just spoke about, all these abilities and comprehension and understanding and all, all that is really um, falls within the sphera of Chachma and Bina. Okay, so Chachma is the concealed intellect through which we register, oh, there's a new piece of information, or oh, there's a new idea, or light bulb moment, right? That's Chachma. That's not free will. Chachma does not happen by choice, right? Usually these ideas plop into your head. It's an inspiration. It's like something triggered it. It was, you know, that's not something that you usually choose to do. Chachma is not um, driven by free choice, right? Um, it's not an intentional process. It's really usually flows from the, what the Tanya says is that it flows from the power of the soul itself. So cool, so cool, right? So you, you, this idea, or you get this idea. Where does this idea come from? Your soul is sending you messages, okay? Beep, 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 like, oh, Red, you know, flash, 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 there's a message coming in. Now, whether you choose to contemplate, right, ruminate, meditate on this message, that's where free choice comes in. And that's Bina, right? Bina is that development of that idea, right? It's the revelation of this soul message. I'm going to start calling Chachma soul messages. I love that. Um, Okay, so you have the soul message, this idea that plops into your head. You don't even know where it came from. Now you know where it came from. It came from your soul, right? Um, and that doesn't happen by free choice. Kind of Hashem guides that for you. And then you get to decide if you are going to develop that idea. It reminds me of how we spoke about the, the power of our thought, right? Remember we spoke about, you cannot control the thoughts that come into your head, right? You can't control the knock on the door. You get to control if you open the door, right? So there are thoughts, even negative thoughts, we don't really have control over. Negative thoughts can come into your head, right? You knock, 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 you're, you're, you're not going to succeed. You, you're, you're a good for nothing, right? Knock, 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 knocking on your head. That thought you don't necessarily get to control. Do you get to control whether you invite it to come sit down and have a cup of tea? Tell me more how bad I am, right? And you, no, yes, that is in your control. You get to say no, right? Kind of what we spoke about in the Sunday class, right? Like, no, Yetzirah, like, we're not going to talk about that now. We can come back to that later, right? 
Um, so same thing, but this is for the positive on the flip side, the positive, right? This positive, great flash of inspiration pops into your head. My time also disappeared for my thing. I, so I have a question about that though. I, okay, let me finish my sentence and yeah. I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, come back to you in a minute. So you have this, um, great soul message. Do you, how many times do we ignore like these great things that come into our head. We don't have time, nah, later, whatever. You have free choice whether you're going to um, develop this idea that comes into your head, okay? And that is directly affected by paying attention to it, learning about it, contemplating on it, meditating on it, just spending time with this thought. Yes, Shoshana. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the idea that it's it's soul inspired, so to speak. Um, but it seems like we do something to trigger it somehow, and that there is a connection maybe between the thoughts we're having and when a certain, you know, idea, quote unquote, or inspiration pops into your your world, right, or your head. But I mean, is it true like that they're they're just kind of sitting there like it's it's you know it, part of part of our life that we can access or not depending upon you know our effort as you said earlier like are there mountains of them you know given to each person and and equal amounts given to people how does that work like yeah. obviously it's a, it, it, it's like it's coming from hashem but is it coming from hashem like in real time or you know, it's a very good question. Like that's it's it is really about like when we talk about each every soul's potential, right? We all every soul comes directly from Hashem, and they're the souls are the same in that way, but also each soul is unique and different because they are coming from a specific unique part of Hashem with different abilities and powers. So I don't know, I don't, I'm not gonna say all every soul is created equal in the sense that they have the same access, right? I'm not gonna say that. My soul is the same as Moshe Rabbeinu's soul who had access to way more of these soul messages than, than I do, right? But what I am going to say to your other part of your question is absolutely, like, the more we put ourselves in positive environments and the more we spend time in, with our brain, um, involving our brain in positive, holy thoughts the more these good thoughts are going to randomly pop into your head, but it matters, right? What you're surrounding yourself in. So, the, so of course, every choice we make affects, right? Like what happens to you. So even though like, you know how like you have people that like are always in like find themselves in bad situations. Like it's not my fault, right? It's not my fault. But really Hashem's message is, is like, there's, there's no such thing as not your fault, right? Like, why do you keep finding yourself in these positions? Something you're doing, something you're um, like manifesting that or the messages you're sending yourself is landing you in these positions. So, so is anything really not in our control? Maybe it's a more removed way right but the more it's like it's like you know like a parent like a parent um uh examples like sleep bring sleep you know when your kid um is sleep deprived and you're like they're so tired they're just gonna go to sleep but it's not how it works right a kid who's on a good schedule with good naps has good night sleeps right 
So that sequence is good deeds, bring more good deeds. If you're doing good things, more good things are going to be presented to you because that's the emotional position you're in. That's the state that you're putting yourself. You're in a negative cycle. All of a sudden, negative things are going to come up for you because you're in a negative cycle. So to speak to your, to your thought, yes, these soul messages are coming from Hashem, but your soul is very in tune to what, what state of mind you're in, right? So you don't necessarily control the messages that are coming in, but the environment that you put yourself in is going to affect what kind of messages are you going to keep getting, right? So if we're in a negative cycle, it's so, so important to retrain our brain and to force our brain to send ourselves different messages, or we're not going to really be able to get out of that cycle because we have to break that cycle by the messages we're sending ourselves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So as far as like, does everyone have access to equal amounts of, of positive messages? I would say, I would say inherently, yes, right? Inherently, we all have access to Hashem, right? Whether it's easier or harder, right? And how much and how much of Hashem we reveal inside of us is going to affect that. Yeah? Okay. There was a very interesting um, article that kind of bears some of this out. I don't know if you saw it, the um, Chabad couple in California that just had quadruplets. No. What? And there's a whole... It, yeah, it was in COL um, live a few days ago. And they had one child, but they were a little older when they got married and they had one child, no problem, but they wanted a, a family. And, you know, they went through, you know, I don't have to tell you about, you know, what yeah. you go through in those yeah. situations. And so they did go for some fertility treatment and she was supposed to have another session and she couldn't have it because she came down with COVID. And then right after that, I don't quite follow the sequence, but she be, she was pregnant and it turned out with quadruplets. And the doctors told her that because of her age and whatever, the best thing to do would be to reduce it and only carry two. And they they were very conflicted. And finally, the mother said, this is what Hashem gave us. He'll take care of us. And guess what? She carried, I think, 34 weeks. Babies were four pounds about each, all normal. Wow. Wow. So that is is what she believed. She manifested, right? She believed. I mean, and she decided that this is whatever the, so the thing is, is that you also have to remember, she was prepared I mean, I'm sure it would be extremely difficult, but she was making that choice 
whatever the outcome was going to be. Right. right. And so right. it's important to, to, to reiterate that we can, when we say we believe in Hashem and he's going to do good, doesn't always mean that it looks like what we think it's going to look like. Right. right. And she talked so we have to accept the fact that maybe, you know, if you're really putting your money where your mouth is, right. And you're really believing that Hashem knows what's good for you. And he's putting this, he's putting you in this situation, this position, because that's where you're meant to be. Whatever the outcome is, is, is godly. Right. Um, which is harder because when we say Hashem is going to do good and Hashem believe in Hashem, when we say that we are like, well, we want it to turn out the way we want it to, right. We don't want it to be anything other than that. So I find that, you know, that's, that's, you know, where a lot of our work lies. Like, do, do we believe in, in good only if it looks good to us? Or do we really understand that what Hashem does is, is for the good? Um, Thank you for sharing. That's such a cool story. So I opened my big mouth and I said, we're for sure finishing chapter four today. I don't think we're going to, because I don't want to like, there's a lot of cool stuff and I, I don't want to rush it. But um, actually, and before we even move on, I did want to show you one more thing in this book, which I found helpful for me. Um, I really liked the way that this chart kind of broke down the different spherot. So um, I, I don't know if you if you want to take a picture of the screen, you could. But what it is is it starts with chachma, which we just finished talking about, which is our creative intellect. Okay, um, and then it's bina, which is the defined intellect. Okay, then we have das, which is the internalized intellect. Okay, and then we have so those are the three emotional powers. Then we have this, I mean, intellectual powers. Then we have this six emotions, right? We have chesed, which is the expansive emotion. We have gvura, channeled emotion. Tiferes, harmonized emotion. Then we have netzach, which is winning. Hod, which is sublimating. Yisod, which is connecting. And then malchus is actually not categorized as an emotion, okay? Which I never really paid attention to. It's categorized as an expression. And Malchus is actualizing. So Malchus actualizes all these things. Yeah. I got a snip, but it got blurred. Can you hold it up one more time? Just a little bit closer to it. Just hold it. Uh, perfect. Let's stay. One, two, three. Thank you. Got it. Okay. And then some, someone just chatted. Let Are you see. able to show yeah, what book that is, please? Yes. My chat's all messed up. So sorry. This is the Sphera, the Spheros and the Self by Rabbi Yaakov Feder. Okay, so we, so now if you're looking on this list, we have been talking about Chachma Bina. We're going to get down to over here. Um, but Chachma Bina, we have the creative intellect, which is that, that burst of creativity. But then that burst of creativity can disappear very quickly if we don't define it, right? If we don't put it into tangible um, dimension. Yes. Would it be possible for you to take a quick picture of those two charts with your phone and include it in the email that has the um, video of the class? So I don't send email with this class. 
it's recorded automatically. So like you go on YouTube or whatever. So I don't send it because I have like a list of over 500 people. So I don't send sure. the email, but I could take a picture. I could take a picture of it and send it to you and whoever else wants. Um, I'd be happy to, to do that. Does anybody else want? I think they're trying to find their mute, off mute okay. buttons. So I will send it to you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And Marjorie also is interested. Thank you. Okay. Um, I love when I get voices from the black squares. <laughs> it's a voice from a ghost. Um, okay. So I'm going to wrap up this concept and then we're going to do our meditation because I don't want to, because this is all a lot to kind of process. I don't want to push it. I don't want to rush to just finish because I said we were going to finish. So I have to take back my words and um, we'll finish next class, which is not a big deal because this is how we have no rush. Um, okay. We get to enjoy it longer. Exactly. Exactly. We just, you know, every class is so wonderful. So Chachma is characterized by that single point, right? That single Yud is Chachma. Um, Bina takes that single point and gives it breadth and depth, right? Gives it dimension. So that is when the Yud turns into the hay, right? I want to write it down again for you. Um, so we have the Yud, and then we have the hay. Then we have the Vav, and then we have the hay. Okay, right now we're talking about the Yud, which is the Chachma. This is the Chachma. It's represented by that letter. It's perfect because this is the smallest letter of the olive base. It barely exists, right? Then we have the hay, which really is gives it quite a lot of dimension, right? Like this is a, it takes up a, it, it creates a boundaries and space. The hay is what, um, it has length, it has breadth, and it is the outward expansion. And it, and it signifies like the understanding and the application of that understanding, right? So we're understanding what this is and we're also able to apply it to situations. Okay, that's the hey. Um, so. Bina? This is Bina, yeah, this is Bina. The hey is Bina. And what we're saying is that we have to, we have to be able to understand it and grasp it enough that if we were to be able to give it over to a classroom of young children or, or students that they can understand it, right? So you really have to understand something well enough to be able to give it over, which is by the way, where I struggle sometimes in these chapters, which are sometimes new to me and there are these really deep things and I'm like, I have to spend a lot of time understanding it enough so I can give it over. And sometimes as I'm giving it over, I realize that I actually don't understand it well enough because I can't express it properly, right? That's where you get humbled, right? And that's where you'll be like, gotta go back and understand it better. Um, so really, you know, I, it, it's it's really, it's really is that powerful because you can read something in a book and be like, yeah, 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 I get it, right? But then someone says, well, what did you just read? And then you're just like, uh, right? So so that I, I actually have to make sure, like sometimes I'll just run something by my husband just to 
speak it out loud because you, I think that I'm reading it and I understand it. But then when I have to verbalize it, I'm like, nope, nope. Right. Like I gotta, like, this is not, this is not, I don't understand it enough. You, you, I'm not saying that we don't understand it and parts of it are not being observed, but we don't understand it enough to give it over. And Bina, we need to be able to understand it enough that we can teach it and give it over and share it. Okay. So this contemplation and this understanding is the realm of Bina, right? Um, and this is the second stage of our soul, right? We're, we're, this, is, this is like a, like a process that our soul goes through. Every time we end up acting, there's a whole process that comes to get us to the place of actually doing physical actions or doing a mitzvah, right? It starts with an inspiration. Then it starts with understanding. And then it once we understand something enough, then it, it can influence. I'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's okay because you know we'll get we'll talk about it more later. But once we understand something enough, then it translates to our emotions and we can feel emotion towards this thing. Once we have an emotion towards something, that motivates us to act on it. Right? It's this step-by-step process. So we have the yod, which is the creative flash we have the hay which is the bina which is the, which is the understanding what we're going to get to next class um i'm just going to mark where i'm leaving off is the vav and the hay which is the actualization right and just to give you a sneak peek because we talked about it before in connection to hashem so it's not total giving away the vav is going to represent our six emotions right? Because Vav is the letter six. And the hay is going to represent what? We, we said in the beginning of class, it's going to represent Malchus, right? The actualization. So here, if we were to really um, uh, split it up, we have the um, internal process, and then we have the revealed process. Okay, The first two letters of Hashem are all happening internally. Right? It's our internal process. And this is what takes the internal process to actualization and revealing what we're actually thinking and feeling, hopefully in connection to Hashem. Okay, but that we're going to end off next class. We're going to go from wrapping up our internal process and then the next, next class will wrap up chapter four with talking about the expression, the revealed part of our soul or how to reveal what's in our soul, if that makes sense. Yeah? Okay, so um, any questions before we meditate? Okay. 827, not bad, not bad. Okay. Um, everyone take a deep breath with your eyes open. Start with your eyes open, deep breath. And when you exhale, gently close your eyes. You really want to focus on our inhale and our exhale. So when we inhale, we really want to focus on expansion, right? Open, light, accepting whatever Hashem has in store for us being open to even letting Hashem in, right? Sometimes we're so closed off that he doesn't even have a chance, right? 
open to listen to your soul message. What is your soul telling you? And then when you exhale, that's your like foundation, your grounding, and you're letting go of whatever is getting in the way of your service, whatever is bringing you down, let it go. Okay. So we're going to do like, let's say four rounds of an inhale, exhale. Every time you inhale, open yourself up, listen to your soul message. Every time you exhale, purge the negative, the negative. Okay. So we'll do it together. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. So now let your breath go. Let go back to its natural rhythm. And let's um, think about some of the things we spoke today. So the first thing we, we touched upon were the letters of God. Um, there's the letters of God's speech are packets of energy which power the universe, okay? So we have 22 letters of God. They each are a channel of a specific energy and the combinations of those energies make everything in this world unique. And so when you look at yourself, recognize that you have your own unique blend of godly energy, which then produces your own unique service of Hashem. Because the service of Hashem is our taking our strengths and our qualities and our personality and our effort and using that as our connection to Hashem. So every person's service is going to be unique and individual. When you hear that, think about how that makes you feel. There's no right or wrong. I hope, you know, it has the potential to be really empowering and really comforting to know that your service of Hashem isn't going to look like anybody else's. You don't have to compare it to anybody else's. Hashem knows what's going on in your soul, right? It doesn't matter what anybody else sees. And also how much effort we put into our service is our free choice. We get to decide how much effort are we going to put into our service of Hashem? And just to finish off, we kind of understand how the internal part of our soul works, right? It starts off with a flash of inspiration, a soul message, and then it continues on to contemplation and putting effort into that thought and that idea. Next class, we'll learn how it emotes and how it projects outward. Bring your attention back to your breath. Let's do two more nice, good rounds of our breath. So good inhale. Exhale, 
Let your body melt on the exhale, shoulders drop. Inhale. And exhale. Now you can pay attention to where you are in your space, wiggle your fingers and toes. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. I'm gonna just stop the recording. See you.